Welcome to the New Abbey Podcast. We hope you are all doing well in week 78 of quarantine. But seriously, we are praying for you all and we miss you and we love you. Today's Easter conversation is called A New Normal. And the question for you all to get started with is, what do you hope for after quarantine? Enjoy. It's Easter and it's resurrection. And one of the things I think that resurrection teaches us is it prepares us for a new normal. That we're all living in a reality right now that's not normal for any of us. And what we need is a new one, a new reality that we can live into that actually makes sense and works. So to do that, we gotta talk about some things. We're gonna talk about temples and tombs. And after we talk about some temples and tombs, then we're gonna talk about Friday and then Saturday. And if we talk about Saturday, then we're gonna talk about Sunday. Once we talk about Sunday, then we're gonna talk about how God's ahead of us. And if God's ahead of us, then how does that actually shape our present reality? And if we can actually live into our present reality, then we can have some acceptance and some participation. And if we can really have some acceptance and some participation, then we'll talk a little bit more about acceptance and some participation, and then we'll end with always with you. Follow along with me in Matthew chapter 28. Early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to to visit the tomb. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone, and sat on it. His face shone like lightning, and his clothing was as white as snow. The guards shook with fear when they saw him, and they fell into a dead faint. Then the angel spoke to the woman, "'Don't be afraid,' he said. "'I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified.'" He isn't here. He is risen from the dead, just as he said would happen. Come see where his body was lying and now go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead and he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there and remember what I have told you. The women ran quickly from the tomb. They were very frightened, but also filled with great joy and they rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. And as they went, Jesus met them and greeted them, and they ran to him, grasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, don't be afraid, go tell my brothers to leave for Galilee, and they will see me there. Then a little bit later in Matthew, it says this, then the 11 disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some of them doubted. And Jesus came and told his disciples, I have given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age." That if resurrection prepares us for a new normal, then what resurrection does is it prepares us for change. That the gospel of Matthew, more than any of the other gospels, is a gospel that leads us through a path and a journey of transformation and change. That Matthew is the most Jewish of all of the other gospels, which means this. 
that for the earliest Christians, for the earliest followers of this Jesus, they were all Jewish. They had a normal already rooted within them, a way that they understood God, a way that they understood humanity and their faith. And resurrection changes everything for them. It brings them into a different reality, into a new normal. That for the earliest Jews and the earliest Christians in the first century, there was a new understanding that Matthew provides for them, that Matthew is always taking the old normal and then trying to bring it into a new reality to understand this life with Jesus. That even early on in the Gospel of Matthew, in the nativity stories, we see similarities to the stories of Exodus, that there's a genocide going on, that babies are being killed by Herod. It's reminiscent of the Exodus and the Pharaoh stories. It's as if Matthew is already whispering to you that this story sounds a lot alike, but God's taking you somewhere else. That in the stories of Jesus, Jesus will go up onto a mountain just like Moses. But instead of giving the Ten Commandments, Jesus will often say this phrase in the Sermon on the Mount. You've heard it said, but I say unto you. That was your normal, but now let me bring you into a new normal, a new way of being, a new reality transformed and matured into another level of your humanity. Jesus is bringing us into these new things. That even as we get towards the Easter week, the Holy Week for Jesus, we see Matthew bring us into change in different ways. That the Gospel of Matthew is the only Gospel that talks about the temple and that the curtain is torn in two. It's saying this, that you once had a normal where God is only located here and there, but now that the temple curtain has been torn, I'm bringing you into a new normal where God is everywhere and always. That as Jesus comes out of the tomb, that we are being invited in resurrection into a new normal, a new normal where God is always with us, where there is no exclusivity over the story of God, but this is a universal opportunity for all human beings, that every single human being is offered the good news provided by Jesus, that Matthew prepares us for that in a different way. It prepares us for a new normal by setting us up for change. And maybe more than ever in 2020 for an entire world that is literally shut down because of a pandemic, are we people who are embracing this path of change? Are we people who are embracing that God is taking us into a new normal? And what might that normal look like? That there's uncertainty on the way. That even in the story of Easter, we're provided this process in the life of Jesus that people do us a disservice when we talk about the life of Jesus as if it's something that just happened 2,000 years ago, that Jesus went to a cross, that Jesus was resurrected, and it really has nothing to do with your life unless you just raise your hand and believe and sign a pledge card. No, you are invited to participate in the story that if it's true of Jesus, it's true of everybody, that the story of Jesus is the story of humanity that each and every one of us are invited into a Friday, that we all are familiar with brokenness. We're all familiar with uncertainty. We're familiar with betrayal, often betrayal by the people whom we love the most. We're familiar with hurt and pain and wondering, how did I get here? We're all familiar with sin, even in a progressive world like ours or a progressive church like New Abbey, the word sin is still incredibly powerful. It's no longer this arbitrary list of a God who doesn't want you to eat shellfish. It's a story that says there is real disruption of shalom and wholeness in this world that you and I often partake in. 
And that Jesus invites us into that Friday saying, oh, we all go there as human beings. That the story of Friday is one of crucifixion, that death is a reality for all of us. And that in the process of the story of Easter, we move from a Friday and then we all move to a Saturday. Saturday is often the day that we forget. And this is metaphorically speaking to the reality for all of us as human beings, that Saturday is the day that we're all waiting, that we're all living in uncertainty, that you somehow got through your Friday and you thought, I never thought I would get through that. I never thought that I would actually make it another step. There I hit rock bottom. It was there that I thought all of my relationships were over with. I never thought I would get another job. I didn't think I would be able to make that payment. I didn't know what would happen to my kids. I didn't think that I could actually come out to my parents, but you did it. You haven't experienced resurrection yet. You haven't experienced a whole new renewal. There's still just a wondering of what's next. Somehow I've made it through that Friday and through the darkest days of my life, but I'm still so uncertain about what's ahead. That if it's true of Jesus, it's true of all of us, that this is the journey that every human being goes on. That the gospels are preparing us for a new normal, saying this, the reality of your life took you to a Friday and you are no longer in that normal. And so what is the normal that you are going into? Do you have all of the answers for that? Of course not. You don't have to have all of the answers for that, but you're waiting. You're waiting for what's next. And from a Friday and through a Saturday, we move into Sunday. We move into resurrection. We move into a new birth, into a renewal, into a reconciliation. Talk to any parent that the story of having a kid is not just conception and having a baby. I've seen my wife have three babies and there's 40 weeks of pregnancy. There's 40 weeks of a Saturday in which nobody prepares you for a new normal of having a kid. We were having a text message this week with another couple in the church who just had a baby and we were congratulating them and they said, we have no idea how you did this with three kids. We don't either. That's the best part about it. That even from an evolutionary biological perspective, thank God for chemicals that erase your memory and allow you to forget how actually horrible it was to have a six-week-year-old baby. And that's Saturday. There's this in-between. There's this figuring it out that no one wrote a playbook for your life. And then somewhere down the road, after the difficulties, after the waiting and the anticipation, new birth comes into this world. And new birth and resurrection doesn't mean everything is fixed. Just like having a new kid, it just means you have a new kid. It means you have a new path, that you have a new trajectory, that your life is going somewhere else, that you're taking all that came before and you're bringing it into your new normal. Forgive us for all of the times that we've preached a message of perfection that somehow in resurrection, if you just say the name of Jesus, that everything will go away, that you'll never suffer and you'll never have new woes. That's not the story. The story is that Jesus comes out of the tomb and even out of the tomb, his scars are still visible. That into our new normal, into the season of change, we bring with us all that we took from our past. But what resurrection leads us to as it prepares us for a new normal, as it moves us through the process of our own Fridays and Saturdays and Sundays, is it always brings us into this reality that God is ahead of us. 
I love in the Gospel of Matthew that in this resurrection story, that what the angel says to the women and to the disciples is that Jesus is already ahead of you in Galilee. That it's the reminder that all of us need on a resurrection morning, that in the midst of your Fridays and your Saturdays and Sundays, you are not figuring it out alone. That there is a God of the universe who is always ahead of you. There is a God who is always with you and for you in the midst of wherever you find yourself in the journey. That the Gospel of Matthew is very clever when it tells this. It doesn't say go to the Temple Mount, go to Jerusalem, go to the place where the old normal was. It says, no, Jesus is now out of the box. Jesus is now out of the black and white that you were once given. That the old way of thinking that whatever was back there, whatever the thing is that you were trying to leave from and move towards, that God is already there, that you don't have to be terrified of what you've left, that it's going to be okay as you deconstruct. It's going to be okay as you reconstruct. It's going to be okay because God is the one that's ahead of you. You will never outpace God. That even in resurrection, where things are not perfect now, but you are in a new normal, God is ahead of you even there. And if you can trust that God is ahead of you, can you trust that God is present with you? That one of the things that I hear often during this pandemic is, I can't wait to get back to normal. I can't wait to somehow get back there. And I'm always wary of people who talk about the past if somehow those are the golden years. That as human beings, sometimes we become obsessed with the past or we become fearful of the future but the reality that scripture is always bringing us into is to the reality of this moment. That if resurrection prepares us for a new normal, it's preparing us for this present reality. That when Jesus was raised from the grave, Jesus was not raised into some eternal heaven. Jesus was raised back into the reality that he came from. When the resurrection happened, Pontius Pilate was still the ruler. When the resurrection happened, his friends who betrayed him were still there. Caesar was still emperor of the Roman Empire. That the world around had not changed, but internally the real transformation began. That resurrection invites us into a new normal within. It says, even though those things are not different, how can you be different moving forward in this present moment? How can this be a new normal for you? Of course you don't wanna go back there. Think in your own lives about all the moments that you've become just a little bit more woke. I was cleaning out the garage this week because it's quarantine and I have time. And I was coming through this box and in this box was filled like a huge Rubbermaid tub of love letters that I wrote to Carissa back when we were dating. And we started pulling these things out and they were awful. They were just completely awful. I just literally would read them and just, oh, oh, I can't believe that I would ever say that. In this one note, I wrote her this thing uh, about how she's just my, okay, oh. I called her my beauty to rescue. You're welcome, world. Thank you, Joshua Harris, and I kissed dating goodbye for ruining my life. Oh, in one part, I wrote her this note and I said, you are my worship to God. What was I even saying? <laughs> Who was I? 
I found my chapel notebook from APU. If you're from another part of the world or don't know what APU is because you shouldn't, it is the Azusa Pacific University. Uh, and I found my chapel uh, journal from 2003 and all of the notes and the letters that I would write to God and bless my little heart and the things that I would say. And of course, I don't wanna go back to those days. Those aren't the golden age. The past is that, it's the past. It's from back there. Thank God for the past. What is, is. I can't change that. That shaped who I am today. But I never want to go back to that thing. It's why I don't appreciate Make America Great Again, as if there's some golden age back there that we go back to. Or when I hear people say, oh, I wish we were more like the early church. You don't want indoor plumbing and iPhones? That's crazy. Of course we don't want to go back to that thing. We want to be here in Los Angeles or wherever you find yourself in 2020, being the most healed and transformed and mature people possible. We want to enter into a new normal. How many of you sit around and you say, man, I wish my family was as woke as I was? Because you went into a new normal. You went through your Friday, you went through your Saturday, and you're in your new Sunday and into a new cycle and season of your life. But don't assume that your family has to be in the same place as you that they're on their own journey. And would you trust that if God was ahead in your journey, that God will be ahead in their journey as well? Would we trust that if God has been ahead for us before as individuals, that God will be ahead of us in this global pandemic and where God might be taking us? If we would live into this present moment, if we would accept that there's a new normal ahead for us. And so we come to acceptance and participation that what I love in the story is that when, the, when both of the Marys see the angel, the angel says to them, do not be afraid. The angel's not saying, do not be afraid as if just, hey, pray and let go and let God. The angel's saying, do not be afraid because they were afraid, because they were scared, because they were fearful that in this time of preparing for a new normal, let resurrection teach you that it's okay to be scared. It's okay to be anxious. It's okay to have fear. It's okay to not have it figured out. Have acceptance of that reality. You don't have to change that thing. You don't have to control those emotions. Accept those emotions. Accept the reality of what you're feeling. You don't have to participate in them. You don't have to give them more power than they need to have, but they are there. And then in the very next section, it says that the angel says, do not be afraid. But then they went and had joy. They went and celebrated. Accept the reality of your fear and your anxiety and the unknown and the, that you can't figure it all out. That's just what it means to be human. But as you move into a new normal that is still yet to be explored, would you choose to participate in joy? Would you choose to participate in hope? Would you choose to participate in goodness? I was having a conversation with a friend this week and he was talking about how he watched the movie Pandemic. Bad choice in a pandemic. That will make you more scared. And he was saying it's kind of scary how this movie came out so many years ago and it's predicting so much of what we're going through. And he was terrified that one of the scenes coming up in the movie is that there's gonna be riots and people were just going to kind of, you know, go in anarchy. And I said, that's the one part that I don't believe in. I believe in the goodness of humanity. I'm gonna participate in joy and hope. I think as things get worse, there's always gonna be a select few who wanna do more harm. 
but the vast majority of what I see in humanity right now are people who are participating in goodness. I can't tell you how many Trader Joe's lines I've been in. And as little old men and little old women come forward that the whole line will step back to make sure that the elderly get their groceries first. I have been jogging in the streets of Los Angeles and people have made eye contact with me. Eye contact in Los Angeles. Six weeks ago, those were the same people who were cutting me off in traffic, believing that their universe is more important than mine. And I did what any good Christian would do. I pulled up next to them and I stared into their car and into their soul so that they would know what awful human beings they are. And now they're making eye contact with people on the street because I choose to believe that human beings will always participate in goodness, will always participate in joy. And maybe what was happening in our old normal is that we were stressed out and we were burnt out and we did think that we were more important than other human beings and we would cut each other off in traffic. And now through the great equalizer of coronavirus, we realize, oh, we're all in this thing together. And we will always let those in need go ahead of us in Trader Joe's lines. That we will reach out to people in new ways. That we will become bakers on Instagram because I never had time to bake before, but now I do in Jesus' name that these are the things that we're invited into. And finally this, that if we can believe that resurrection prepares us for a new normal, that resurrection prepares us for change, that resurrection prepares us that for the process of Jesus's journey, which is really the human journey, that if resurrection prepares us, that God is always ahead of us, that if resurrection prepares us for this great reality of being present in this moment, if we can accept our fears and troubles, if we can participate in our joys and hopes, then maybe we'll learn one of the most difficult lessons that human beings have ever had to learn, that we were never in control. Would we accept that in this new normal? That control has always been an illusion that we think with more wealth and more power and with all the things that we can go strive for in this world, that we are somehow more in control. Maybe what this teaches us is that in fact, we've all been powerless, that we do a lot of things to promote some level of false security, but this is a moment where we would recognize that there are just things out of our control. Would you accept that? Now, accepting that reality doesn't mean that you have to become nihilistic or go through some existential crisis or just believe that nothing matters in the world. No, because there's still an opportunity to participate. That recognizing that we're not in control all the time is a good thing. That it allows us to choose powerlessness in a healthy way and to empower in other ways. And then it allows us to participate with where resurrection is always going into this great commission that we see at the end here of Matthew 28. That when we let go of control, then we participate in the world in a new way. That when we let go of control, we begin to say to the world, I'm not the most important human being that the world's ever seen. That there are other human beings who need good news. That they need the reality that God is ahead of them. That they need the opportunities to live into this present moment as well. They need enough space and health and therapy and people in their life so that they can embrace their fears and their anxieties and have the opportunities to choose their hopes and joys. That Jesus is ahead in Galilee and the message that Jesus has for all of Jesus's followers is that I will be with you always. That is the message that resurrection provides for us. That is how resurrection prepares us for a new normal. That we don't wanna go back to the old normal. 
We don't want to go back to a world where we undervalued blue-collar workers and we told white-collar workers that they were more important. We don't want to go back to an old world where we tell homeless people that it's okay that 60,000 people would sleep on the streets every night. Because in this new normal, the state of California is providing hotel rooms so that they have a place to sleep in the middle of a pandemic. We don't want to go back to an old normal where pollution is filling the skies of this planet that gives us life. We want to go to a new normal where you can see the Himalayas, my friends. We don't want to go back to an old normal where we told some people that they were valuable and other people that they were less important. That the message of resurrection, the new normal that we're invited into, where God is always with us, is when we tell every human being, whoever and wherever you are, whether you're male or female or trans or gay or straight or bi, whether you're Republican or Democrat or Libertarian, whether you're rich or poor or moderately incomed, whoever you find yourself to be and wherever you're at, there you are loved and there God is with you. That is the new normal that we are invited into. That is the hope of resurrection. May we reject whatever normal is back there. May we learn from what it was. But together, may we move into a new normal, not just as individuals in the year 2020, but we see this as a gift that corporately, as all of humanity, we move together into a new normal in which we see one another and God in new and beautiful ways. And that, my friends, is a little resurrection in the year 2020. Would you pray with me? God, thanks that whoever we are and wherever we are, as you prepare us for a good new normal, that you are already with us, that you are already there for us, that maybe so many of us that have been deconstructing and figuring it out or wondering what do I even believe about God anymore or my own humanity or my own faith, Would we be reminded in this Easter season, on this resurrection day in 2020, God, that you're there too. That whether we're doubting or in fear or we're living in joy and celebration, that you are there. Whether we know if our stimulus check is coming or that we're gonna be okay economically, God, would we trust that you are there. God, wherever we find ourselves, that is the hope that we live into. Would you lead us into a new normal? God, would you lead us to experience resurrection in a new way in 2020? In Jesus' good name, amen. Right now, we're gonna send you back out into your Zoom groups to answer this question with one another. How can you participate in a new normal this week? Again, we'll give you a minute for that to go back into the Zoom groups to answer this question with one another. How can you participate in a new normal this week? Enjoy. Thanks for listening to the New Abbey podcast. For more information, visit us on the web at www.newabbey.org.